That's right, a conversation with one of the top marketers, Mr. Abhinav Arora, who is CMO at Avalon Labs handling couple of million dollars for their clients in digital ad spend. He is also a co-founder of Avalon Meta, a digital college where he will teach us about marketing. So it's really an honor having you on this show. Most of the people listening to this might be aware about you, but in case someone don't know about you, can you please quickly introduce yourself? Sure, Satyam. First of all, thank you so much for uh, having me here uh, with your audience. Uh, quick uh, pointers around me, since we're talking about marketing, is uh, I've always, uh, you know, I started uh, with a top uh, down approach uh, into marketing. I didn't start from basics. I actually started, uh, I got into marketing by running my first uh, ad uh, while I was still in college. So, you know, I mean, I saw good conversion rates. I got good uh, acquisitions via that campaign. And that was back in 2014 and 15. Back then, I mean, people had started advertising on Facebook, but uh, not a lot of people had, uh, uh, you know, entered uh, uh, the, the digital space. As in, not a lot of businesses had entered. So uh, the entire space was still free of uh, competition, competition, you know, that uh, you have to worry about. So I got decent results and I kept doing it again and again. And it became like a drug, you know, the, when, when the high uh, during the first time is uh, so good, you just uh, get addicted to it. So, you know, I, I got great results. And then I, I mean, then things started getting hard because a lot of competitions start popping up, popping uh, in or popping up. But uh, yeah. I managed, I, I sailed through because that's the field I got stuck uh, to. And ever since, I think that was uh, uh, the final year of my college or something. And ever since then, it's been, I think, five, six years. Uh, we're in 2020. I've been in this field and I've managed uh, uh, campaigns for uh, very many brands, all the way from, uh, you know, very scrappy startups to companies that are publicly listed on uh, some of uh, the global stock exchanges. So, yeah, that, that's the kind of, uh, I mean, I, I aim to bring uh, some of those insights from my experience to your uh, listeners. Uh, sounds very good. So you are also one of the co-founders of Avalon Meta. So can you quickly just run through how does it feel to be like a potential threat to the colleges out there? How does it feel uh, to be like a potential threat to the colleges out there? I always felt like a threat to the colleges because, you know, I remember uh, the moment uh, I got done with, uh, uh, you know, my, my 10th, uh, there was constant pressure from my parents. Ke, uh, you know, ye karna hai, wo, wo karna hai, these are the, the they, they try to box your thinking, you know, that you can only go in these two directions and you got to do very well it's, it's 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 a fucking race out there if you don't run fast you'll be like a broken under so i i actually uh you know th- that's the kind of upbringing i think everyone's had that's the kind of upbringing even i was going through after 10 but there was something in me because i had the access to internet and uh, you know uh i kept i mean i i got internet super super early like in my society uh uh, people used to come down to my uh, house to access internet and play those, uh, uh, you know, uh, Pac-Man kind of games. And that was way back in 1999. So, uh, I don't know, for, for some reason, I think my, my mom has been a software engineer since uh, the start of her career. So, she, she happened to get a computer over. So, I've been uh, glued to the computer ever since. Uh, 
and you know that the, it keeps giving you a uh, sneak peek into the reality that you've not, not uh, been exposed to uh, in your immediate surroundings or uh, by your immediate uh, you know upbringing so i i was always open to uh, other things and uh, i never really had any regard for uh, uh, college uh, even while i was in school so i still don't uh, yeah that's the <laughs> thing but i i it, like doesn't feel any different if that's your question <laughs> <laughs> sound school sound school so uh, avlon meta is basically bringing down the cost of higher education to like negligible right that's how it's meant to be right uh, so long long ago when uh, the print revolution hadn't taken place now i don't know when print revolution took place let me just quickly uh, google it for you so that i can give you some context print revolution kab aaya tha uh, i remember reading it in one of my history books uh, that you know gutenberg ka printing press aaya tha 1436 mein yeah i found it okay cool so uh, you know before print revolution uh, came into being uh knowledge wasn't so widespread you know so the knowledge was as good as secret and people uh, uh, couldn't as freely uh, communicate their ideas uh, to the masses because you know you can't just end up uh, going to everyone and talking to them and conveying your ideas to them or conveying your propaganda to them that wasn't so easy but print revolution made it easy uh, but you know until uh, even print revolution when there were manual printing presses uh, books were very uh, very 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 valued and you know there were only limited editions of uh, each book that were printed and until uh, the industrial revolution we didn't have proper printing presses when pr- proper printing presses came into being that's when you know we started the seeing mass printing of books usse pehle books print hoti thi jab printing revolution aaya but ab industrial revolution aa gaya to the printing started uh, being in mass and uh, i remember my parents still talked about you know how they reuse and recycle uh, books uh, used to re- reuse and recycle books back then so i think there was, there was some kind of a dearth of uh, 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 content back then but now since we since internet came about you can you make uh, thousands and i mean n number of digital copies of the same content right you can spread your content to as far as possible but then any within within fraction of seconds it could be text it could be video it could be audio it could be whatever so uh what is education at the end of the day education at least the medium by which education is conveyed is content right and it yeah, doesn't make sense absolutely. to be content for content to be as uh, uh pricey uh in the age of internet i can understand if you know if that was the case uh, when books were there like when my dad graduated books were one of the biggest expenses uh, of the college life but now i i know like the internet you can replicate video lectures you can i can i mean if i have a doubt i can still uh, uh, you know Uh, go to youtube and ask uh, steve jobs about the problems that i'm facing steve jobs will still answer me even though he died 10 years ago so you know that's the power of internet and i don't think uh, i mean the, the the older model of education is uh, uh, agile enough uh, in its in its current form to fit into uh, this era the internet era yeah definitely definitely so uh, we are going to witness some sort of uh revolution a digital revolution in this uh, education sector mm correct okay okay sounds very cool so okay so uh, now let's uh, quickly dive into some of the marketing things that are not generally talked about so mm-hmm. 
the first question that i have for you is like uh, there is this storytelling concept going on like crazy it is spreading mm. like just anything uh, in mm. context for marketing and it is not generally something that is taught in general education so mm. what is your take on that uh so uh, do you remember i mean if you had uh, uh, a typical indian upbringing uh, there are these times when you are uh, uh, i mean my my grandma used to punish me or whenever uh, you know i i mean whenever it was punishment or something but at any random instant she asked me to uh, narrate the table of uh, a very complex number ke eight ka table suna nine ka table suna or something like that right and relative yeah so uh, as humans i think uh, you know there, there was a lot of fiction attached to that tables that we were made to learn you know there's a lot of cognitive overload that i think uh, such facts and complex information brings to our minds and that becomes hard to remember unless you make it uh, visual you know unless you make a rhyme out of a table or you use some you know memorization techniques you can't really uh, uh, comprehend and uh, understand and uh, uh, memorize uh, you know such complicated complex logical factual information yeah totally, so humans, totally it, it, yeah. Sto- correct so, so stories are a uh, stories are a uh, biological needs koi nayi cheez nahi hai story we are probably hearing it now a lot uh, because you know internet is popularizing it a lot ran in the internet ran, randomly popularizes random things at random times so stories have always been there you know uh, the concept of folklore there are these songs you know uh, that uh, rajasthani communities uh, sing amongst themselves that have stories of their ancestors so we only end up remem- remembering things that have been told to us in uh, a story that's why you know the grandmas uh, uh, teach their uh, kids or rather their grandkids uh, the important lessons in life via stories how do they tell us that you could be good and not be bad they'll associate they'll associate multiple stories uh, of you know how the bad person always dies or loses and all and how you should celebrate uh, when the good person wins and blah 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 so the only uh, way to uh, you know pierce through someone's uh, attention uh, mm-hmm. you know in a, in a in a memorable manner i think is is storytelling because otherwise if you look at your own mind if you analyze your own mind if you you know see what you do i mean if you consciously try to uh, uh, sneak into what you're doing what your brain is doing uh, at, at an idle hour you will see you're mostly thinking about your own stuff your own problems your own uh, uh i mean what your own life 95% yeah. of our attention is going in into you know thinking about our, our uh, side of story and when you want that person who's you know so uh, indulged in his uh, life and in in his uh, uh, experience of life you got to do it very smartly and at least research shows and so many experiments show that storytelling is a way to you know break through that noise and uh, make that person interested and you know make him pay attention because it's hard to capture attention and you know storytelling is so fantastic that you know we very very uh, lovingly and uh, you know willingly uh, end up going to cinema halls and watch a story for watch a story play out for 3 hours so i mean when you when you when you show a constant narrative Uh, the things that you can do with that are endless yeah definitely so what what would you suggest to someone who is just getting started with storytelling like how can he get better 
with narrating stories and making relatable to the products uh so story ka ek wo uh, hai there's a very popular framework called the hero's uh, journey if you can google uh, the hero's journey and go to google images you'll find uh, a certain uh, framework let me google it as well so that i know what i'm talking about hero's journey and let's go to images so yeah you see a man uh, you know who's going in a circle uh so basically this is this is how you can build any story there has to be a start to the story there has to be a call to adventure call to adventure kya hota hai you know the person has to have a goal and he has to meet a mentor and he has to have certain problems and he has to try and fail and all of that just watch a few videos on uh, you know the hero's journey you will be able to crack it the essence of this is you uh, the hero is uh, your customer when you're telling your customer story you make him the hero then who are you what is your product what is your brand your brand is a mentor to tell your customer a story about themselves and you uh, pop up in that story as a mentor to your customer but the story remains uh, of your customer he's the hero of his story you can't be the hero of someone else's story right yeah definitely definitely that will make the that customer visualize himself as a hero and make him mm. the winner over certain villain that uh, we can introduce in the story so that's what uh, you mean correct and villains are most uh, more often than not are the problems and the anxieties uh, that he's facing okay okay sounds good sounds interesting so mm. my next question to you is like uh, how important is to understand like basics of human psychology to get better at marketing uh yeah uh, yes psychology uh, let me actually give you something tactical i mean we all know why psychology is uh, important uh, uh, in marketing because you are understanding you know behavior and you are uh, uh, getting your message out there uh, in in the most uh, perceivable uh format and uh, you, and you're finding the right opportunity by tracking the behavior of the prospect so again i mean it, it, it is an unspoken i mean it's it's rather a universal truth that psychology and marketing are just like almost the same thing uh, psychology teaches you persuasion marketing is all about persuasion so what he can i'll give you something tactical tactical uh, advice on how do you use uh, uh you know how do you apply psychology in marketing like if if psych- psychology of course as we know it is a very very uh, you know different set like when you think about psychology you you probably visualize uh, either few youtube videos or you visualize uh, a course in a college uh, called ba psychology or bsc psychology but psychology is uh, you know taught very differently marketing is more uh, looked upon as uh, something you know more of a business thing but let me tell you where uh, uh, these two meet and uh, meet me and and blend very well so i was working on a client's problem statement the other day and uh, how we segment our campaigns broadly how we segment our campaigns is in uh, by uh, actually having two sets of audience number one is uh, people who don't know about us we can call it cold audience or pre buyers or uh, pre believers you know people who don't believe uh, in this thing okay. pre believer as in yeah. who don't believe in our thing yet there is always a yet there so pre believers okay. pre buyers or cold audience and then there is the other set that is uh, believers or buyers and uh, you know uh, hot audience or warm audience or purchasers okay so when we segment these yeah. two things uh, uh 
when you're reaching out to a cold audience, uh, you uh, you always have to take uh, psychology kind of guides uh, uh, the tones that we take with the customer. More important than the messaging is the tone of the messaging, right? If I have to ask you to go into a certain direction, it matters what tone I ask you uh, that in. People don't realize more often than not, but you know, tone always, 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 always uh, plays a super important role. So I uh, like after doing multiple experiments, I realized that uh, the tone of an old trusted friend who has uh, only, uh, I mean, you know, like you, you could visualize yourself as an old trusted friend who talks in familiar voice. And you could understand why the familiar word is called familiar because it has fam-mil in it and fam-mil is, you know, just like, uh, I mean, it, it, it's like family, right? That, that the kind of, uh, the word actually originated from something similar. So you got to sound, you got to, uh, you got to sound in a very, very familiar voice and you got to, uh, I mean, that that's the best way to uh, break ice. And... Apart yeah. from that, there is another uh, thing that I uh, realized. So this is how you can this is how you can this is how you can get uh, new people. The easiest way to break uh, the ice with a new prospect is to adopt a voice of a old trusted friend. Then there was this another thing uh, that we found like two results for one of our uh, one of uh, not our health supplement brand, brands but one of our clients uh, brands who who are into health supplements. So this worked out well, and there is this another thing of uh, uh, satisfaction uh, guarantees. You know, there are these guarantees yeah. that you see that uh, talk about you know money back if you're not uh, fully satisfied, or twice the money back if you're not satisfied. So this is something. I mean, we've, we've all known this, but I ended up uh, implementing this by coming across an ad uh, from Hyundai. Hyundai in 2008, when the 2008 recession occurred. They rolled out an ad uh, called, uh, uh, an ad that uh, talked about uh, how they care for, uh, they called it the Hyundai Assurance Program and they offered to uh, take back the car uh, if the buyer lost his income the next year. Uh, for I mean, they were encouraging people to buy because, you know, the, obviously the automobile sales were down. So what the, the messaging, the pitch that they went out uh, to the market uh, with was, you buy our car uh, mm-hmm. in these times, and if you lose your income, we will. You can return the car at no cost to you. So they were taking some kind of a guarantee, right? They're like, we believe in you. So this is called the Hyundai Assurance Program, and blah blah blah. So this is the advertisement that they uh, went out with. I don't remember the exact messaging, but you can Google it, uh, saying Hyundai 2008 advertisement campaign. So this was some oh. certain kind of guarantee. And what actually happened is their uh, sales uh, for that year or for that quarter shot up by double digits and only five cars were ever returned so there is this oh. uh, you know there is this kind of a hack that you can use by giving a money back guarantee and the probability is always going to work out in your favor that you'll have very very i mean some people have this apprehension that money back guarantee what if everyone starts returning our products uh, that doesn't happen unless yes. you're making absolutely shitty products uh, that doesn't usually happen people don't uh, return your products some people do but that'll be a very very very, very minute uh, fraction of uh, the people who end up buying because you're promising, uh, uh, you know, uh, such a guarantee because you're exhibiting, uh, a, you know, a sense of confidence in your product. You're, you're exhibiting conviction that uh, 
you know we know what we're doing yeah. so that that uh, uh, totally get it so that is something that we're using for one of our brands during these i mean we're recording this in uh, the covid 19 times right so yeah. everything's changed uh, everything's completely changed uh, we've had to find new triggers for uh, our clients because the uh the consumer behavior has changed uh the people who are buying stuff has changed the business dynamics has changed uh the behavior of people on websites absolutely has changed because they're spending more time than ever before the ads that were shorter are not converting as well now but the ads that are longer that didn't convert before are converting well now so a lot of shit is happening so we i had to you know redo some of our campaigns and the two insights uh, that i recently found, found out after testing multiple things is you just blatantly give this thing uh a satisfaction guarantee like no money back guarantee it'll only benefit you unless you're making shitty products and second thing is mm-hmm. the best way to break ice with someone at least in, i'm i'm probably coming out of uh, you know the things that i've uh, recently uh, arrived at the conclusions that i've recently arrived at and i'm currently dealing with crisis communication problems so at least in a crisis the best way to uh, break the ice with, a, uh, with someone Because people are in troubled mindset. The best, the best way to break the ice with someone is uh, to act like a familiar old friend who only has uh, best interests uh, of their customer in uh, their mind and talk in familiar voice. Talk, use nostalgia if you can. Talk in a voice uh-huh. that they are used to hearing. You know, talk in the voice of ancestors or uh, talk in the voice of their parents because these are mm-hmm. some people that they trust. So mm-hmm. talk yeah, in a familiar yeah. voice, uh, a voice that they've heard in their family. we are going mm-hmm. with a voice since we sell health supplements and health supplements are not uh, allopathy allopathy products right health supplements are kind of uh, they have a tilt towards ayurveda we don't sell it but yes. our clients sell so ayurveda has a lot to do with the you know our parents and our grandparents because they they've uh, grown up uh, in such times and they've you know, brought us up uh, with such a mindset so when we talk about ayurveda and you uh, you know include the, a tone of voice that is very similar to your some somebody's grandma or somebody's uh, uh, dad or you know that uncle in the family that that, that actually helps uh, break uh, the ice superbly well and we're seeing really really good results this coronavirus time is great for certain brands and super bad for the others at least we work with yeah. e-commerce clients so i mean things are things are uh, very very uh, what do you say radiant uh, and bright for us but not yeah. for the rest of the world and definitely even uh, i got into the e-commerce uh, recently i happened to launch my one of the clothing brands in which we sell organic cotton t-shirts so right. there are uh, really a few brands that are actually uh, making out 100% organic cotton and using that for t-shirt so uh, i was running couple of uh, photo ads first but they weren't uh, working well then i happened to came across this story thing and made one video thing this story storytelling right acha that we just spoke about earlier and mm-hmm. uh, then uh, what happened is uh, i made an animated text video and uh, recorded my voice over to just experiment like see what what video give the results also i listen to your podcast on zero chill in which you explain about the segmentation of the audience and how video mm-hmm. is the only thing that's going to work out for the cold audience because we can mm-hmm. like uh, go back in analytics and see how much of the audience had watched uh, which percentage of the video and segregate the audience and climb up the ladder right mm-hmm. from right. cold to hot right so i understood that fact lately and uh, 
uh, when I launched that uh, video, I just ra- ran that campaign for uh, four days, and uh, we had this COVID lockdown. <laughs> totally and uh, but that uh, four days analytics are uh, also something like uh, pretty amazing i was shocked to see that uh, retention of the customers who were were, uh, unaware of this organic cotton was much higher as Mm -hmm. compared to the audience who were aware of the organic cotton that's true that happens uh, a lot of times like you know there is this concept there's this uh, popular uh, uh, word uh, or uh, you know belief amongst uh, the marketers, the marketers who've not been hands-on yet. You know, there are a lot of marketers on Instagram who you see who preach marketing and how you know they, they try to help the world with their digital transformation. But uh, you know, and, and these guys preach that uh, uh, you know you should never uh, try to uh, you know sell, sell directly to cold audience and you should never try to do this to the cold audience and you should only try to upsell to audience that has bought from you. You should only only try to uh, you know, engage more with the audience that is, uh, you know, with the aim of retention and all of that. This is like very, very generic uh, jargon that goes around, you know, retention yeah. is is easier than acquisition and you should spend on more on retention. But the, these people haven't ever, ever actually faced uh, on-ground problem statements. On-ground, things are not as predictable as your funnels show you. It's easy to go yeah. on Google and, you know, go to Google Images and search for sales, marketing, funnel, whatever. But that's not how things actually work. When you get on ground, things are super, there are hundred uh, times more variables and things are super unpredictable. And what you're saying is something that I've seen in my campaigns too. There are days like, you know, the coronavirus days at least, when cold audience is outdoing the retained audience and, you know, the retargeting audience by miles, by miles. Like the cold audience is converting five times as profitably as uh, you know, the retained audience. And this happens, you know, like you have different segments. I'm not saying the the funnels are wrong. I'm just saying that that's not just the only way of uh, doing things. Do not just randomly start preaching stuff if you're not uh, uh, gotten hands-on and executed uh, things yourself. Because when you do, you realize that uh, certainty is a myth. Uncertainty yeah, is the norm. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, uh, you may create an app and uh, you must have this thought that this is just going to blow up as soon as we just launch the campaign but market tell you the real story how the audience reacts is the whole different thing mm-hmm. correct and yeah that that's what i realized when i uh, like get hands dirty with so my next question to you is like uh, what about tiktok ads they are are like going something crazy results we can see on some of the facebook videos to be honest i've not uh, ever uh, tried to run a single tiktok ad some of the people in my team have and uh, and we used to like experiment with tiktok about 5 6 7 months ago back then they had their first version of pixel i right now i've been hearing that they have a better pixel which does conversion tracking uh, much better than uh, it used to the earlier one used to and back then we didn't see very many great results even then you know the people i used to speak in my network they were like okay but tiktok's a brand awareness killer you can't expect conversions out of it but i know how the scene is right now uh but my problem uh, i don't know if my audience is there like there is a, there is a great audience there. there's a huge audience there but i don't know if mine is there mine as in like people who can uh, you know afford uh, Mine hasn't like 
the kind of campaigns that uh, we run for our clients and there the average order value ranges anywhere between from uh, 1500 uh, to 3000 bucks uh, you know for a single purchase so right. i'm not i'm not sure i'm not uh, because when i see people who record tiktok i just find you know like i don't i don't find uh, you know people of higher uh, strata higher uh, social or socio economical strata uh, spending much of their time on tiktok i find Bruce. instagram to be the place for these guys but i'm not sure this is my opinion i don't have evidence to support it yet no okay so that that's the reason why i also did not uh, get hands on uh, tiktok ads because uh, our pricing ranges from like 1500 to 2000 so mm. definitely it would be really hard to find that uh, audience on tiktok mm. yeah uh, but again can't say anything uh, unless you've got your hands dirty so i i think the what i can say about tiktok is i'm here to get that yet to get uh, hands on there and yet to you know start experiments at start any experiments in at scale and then maybe i'll have some data to talk about okay you know this segment works well this doesn't and these angles work well and these don't yeah definitely definitely so like uh, moving on to the next question so i was listening to this podcast of varun on zero very uh, mentions the peak shift effect that you guys really use in your marketing Mm-hmm. where he like uh, he's trying to explain that uh, everything that looks uh, better than average uh, tends to responds much better see that that's like, always that, that that's there no uh, like that, that's more of a user experience thing if you know about user experience uh, uh, you know like the ux and apps it people used to be of the uh, you know at least in marketing people used to be of uh, the belief that uh, the messaging matters and you know ek to ek this this school of thought also came into uh, being that ugly converts better if you google ugly converts better maybe you'll find some uh, you know uh, old school of thought that people say ke uh, you know if it's uglier then people will pay attention to the text and they would they would like you to get convinced and uh, you know uh, buy but that was the era of pure direct response marketing and uh, you know it, it wasn't the era of brand building as such but right now since the competition has gotten uh, uh, uh heavier and uh, more uh, fiercer i mean fiercer it's uh, the time to build brands even seo is not going to you know sail your boat uh, for very very long the black hat techniques that uh, involve you to get deep links or rather backlinks from all kind of sources without actually having a brand identity of your own uh, things are going to get tough for everyone and uh, when you're talking about branding visuals are one of the top uh, most factors uh, you know that you could be bothered about and i mean if you can look into avalon avalon has a great uh, design sense and that that's been i mean to the author if or curator of that has been varun himself he's uh, good with the uh, all the tools and he has the mindset so he designs the what do you say the brand language or the clear visual language of all our products and identity so he's super good with it and that's that's the advantage that we've had from day one hmm yeah okay awesome so like next question that evolves in my mind after that is like brand brand building is a like a sort of necessity in these days 
else mm. no one's gonna survive right so brand building can be only facilitated with stories and uh, like you told us that getting some sort of nostalgia and familiar voice Hmm. attracts so is it better to use your own voice or uh, we should go for some like elders voice like, like hindi or english like what's your take on that see it depends on uh, the kind of business you're running right uh, people want to see what they want to see people want to hear what they want to hear and uh, you know people couldn't care less that uh, uh, you know that you want to tell them a story a certain way they only want to hear what they want to hear so you do some research around that like when uh, maybe let, let, let's take the example of a company like byju's byju sells products to kids doesn't really sell products to kids makes products for kids but sells it to parents so their entire voice and uh, you know persona and everything is the parents parents of kids who are in 10th grade or 11th grade or whatever so there they got to adopt a certain uh, tone of voice uh, now i mean it, it just depends your tone of voice completely depends on your uh, persona now uh, you asked me about brand uh, building brand building means stories you can say and you can say obviously you can say stories but stories see stories have a moral right stories have a take away and the take away uh, should be the take away of the stories that you tell should be the unique identifier of your uh, uh, product or company and that makes your brand so basically your what is branding branding is finding your usp finding your uh, unique selling proposition and uske liye there's a there's a process you know you have to uh, find out something that is super relevant to your uh, audience and something that your competitors haven't uh, you know uh, amplified uh, in their messaging so uh, it could be your i mean if you're selling beer it could be your purification process because everyone's selling good tasting beer but no one's selling purification uh, you know purified beer or whatever this is this is a case study that's uh, probably a century old i talk about it in one of my event episodes but yeah that's what branding is branding is uh, finding your finding finding the right uh, uh, carving out the right uh, positioning for you for yourself in the market that it resonates with your prospects and uh, creating top of the mind awareness uh, so basically hota gaya agar Uh, if you want to search uh, something on the net google comes to your mind right and if you want to text someone you whatsapp the other person so there has to be this certain uh, uh, you know segment that you captured so certain category that you create for yourself and become number one in it that is uh, what branding is it's it's very very loosely uh, you know called uh, category creation as well so read up on category creation i think when you read up on ca- category creation you will uh, Uh, find a very actionable process to building a brand because everything else is kind of weak uh, and uh, complex category creation is the just google category creation that that's the best way to find out where you should be where you should stand mm. okay 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 yeah sure so I've, i'm sure you guys have created a wonderful category for avlon meta <laughs> Hmm. and uh, the world of mouth spread is digital, like crazy digital college here we found the positioning of a digital college because you're not just focusing on you know how many marks you score and all of that because college was never about scoring uh, you know great marks or sitting uh, for uh, 
massive recruiting companies. That, that's not what college is supposed to be. Although uh, the college uh, administration believes that that's what college is. But for people like us, you know, the users or the customers of college, college is uh, something deeper for us. And uh, that's the positioning that we're taking the market with. Getting that uh, experience, experience of college uh, and, you know, fostering it digitally. Uh, you know, that community interaction and all of that. That's what Avalon Meta is about. Of course, there is content, but that's not uh, the main thing. Content, though, But I believe that content on YouTube is really hard to filter out. And you guys have made it like superb, easy to get the best content on that. On entire that's true. World, that's true. I'm not saying content is not a differentiator. Content is a differentiator because uh, we are literally uh, daily practicing what we're teaching there. We're not, you know, reading from books uh, uh, researches done by someone else thousands of years ago and we're not narrating that in a class we are actually doing our own experiments and just sharing the findings that we've gotten we are hands-on practitioners so that is a differentiator but i'm saying that is not the only thing that college is about yeah yeah definitely probably you guys have created a wonderful blue ocean i would rather say for yourselves hmm perhaps So, like, uh, what what can we expect out of Meta? Like uh, those battle cups. That's that's something you're gonna replicate, like replace the marks and introduce battle cups instead. So, battle cups is uh, going to be uh, one of the part in one of the things in battle cups is going to be uh, simulators. Simulators. Me, kya hoga? Ke, see you. This is this is uh, you know this is this is. What do you say? Hypothesis that we're building on. Ke, uh, I don't know if you played this game called Farmville. I used to play it a lot in school. So, you know, when you're playing Farmville, you understand that, okay, strawberries uh, get harvested in four hours. Artich- artichokes take two days. And artichokes are more costly than strawberries. And this is where you sell strawberries. And this is what happens on a on an Irish day or whatever, that St. Patrick's Day. So these are the things, you know, that events that take place in a game. And you deeply understand uh, what those events are about. If you play Age of Empires, you know what, uh, you know, like how, how do you destroy castles? You destroy castles by using a battery ram. Uh, uh, then how do you, you know, I mean, there, there are hundred things. Uh, what is the civilization? Uh, what is the Hun civilization? What is this Greek civilization or whatever? That's so many things that you uh, understand. You, uh, you can learn history by... Uh, I mean, while playing Assassin's Creed. So, so many things that you just, you know, uh, subconsciously uh, learn, legit learn, not just memorize, legit learn by experiencing it virtually. And how do you experience stuff virtually? By uh, gaming, you know, by experiencing it in a game. Game is the closest uh, to uh, virtual reality. Not VR, VR virtual reality, but you get what I'm saying, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that, that's the kind of stuff uh, we're uh, aiming to build in Battle Cups. Of course, I mean, and, and why is it called Battle Cups? Because it, there is a competitive factor to it, right? You do uh, want to put the other person down and win battles and defeat humans. That's where the fun is. Humans are social animals at the end of the day. Yeah. So, uh, do you have some more time so we can take some more questions? This is 40 minutes or we should just uh, uh, wrap it. I actually gotta go. But I think this would okay. uh, make, make for a good uh, episode. We can connect sometime later because these are busy days. Once the app is out, maybe we can chat up uh, one more time. Hope that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
that that completely works it was really an honor having you on this podcast and i'm literally blown away by the information that you have told me i'm quite sure uh, this information people won't find easily on the net right uh maybe not in a narrative manner <laughs> the net is full of facts but thank you thank you for having me thank you so much sir i have linked all of the sir's handle down in the description and also a link to avalon meta make sure you check that out and share it with your friends